There are no silly questions. Only silly podcasts. It's Schmanners. Hello, Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? You know, considering, I'm doing great. Okay. <laughs> Baby did not sleep great last night. Well, it's not just that. It's oh. kind of like, it's kind of like the winter slump. It's the winter doldrums. Yeah, it's that space between New Year's the space between <laughs> New Year's and Valentine's Day and it's gray outside here in Ohio. That's so. the thing. So it normally doesn't bother me. I don't, I like the gray weather. I think I've talked about that before. Yeah. I like the rain. But this has been like a really dry snow. Like it's really weird how dry it has seemed outside while snow is covering the ground. And it just seems more like not so much fun gray weather, so much as just like, I want to crawl in bed gray weather. Yeah. And when your baby isn't sleeping, you doubly want to crawl in bed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this this episode is uh, an all questions ask Schmanners episode. We haven't done this in a while. Um, so we thought we would tackle some of your queries. Some uh, of your quandaries. Indeed. Uh, this first one comes from uh jay at jay moreno what's the best way to bring up dietary restrictions in polite company i have a bad habit of either just eating it and suffering for a few days but that sucks so i assume jay means i assume when they say in polite company they mean like dinner party eating not just like in conversation or right i i mean and then uh, i would hope that people who are more familiar with you know these sorts of limitations you have on your diet. Um, but if they don't, if maybe you're trying something out new or uh, under doctor's orders or, you know, even just sometimes when you're sick, you're told to have a bland diet, you know, rice, chicken, things like that. Um I mean, depending on how you cook chicken and rice, it can be very flavorful. You know what I mean. So... Um, I think that the best way to do it is to really tr- try and make it not a big deal, and then it won't be a big deal if you're like, oh, oh, oh hemming and hawing. Well, can I make a suggestion? Okay, too? sure. I think sure, the sure. best time and way to do it is like when the plans are being made. Absolutely. So, like, yeah, if you get to a dinner party and all the food is already made. Probably a little too. That's not to say you should just eat it and suffer. No, but if if you are being invited, like, hey, do you want to come over for dinner? I think that's the time to say, like, yeah, absolutely. I should let you know. Do you have a couple dietary restrictions? Um, but as long as it doesn't have such and such and such and such in it, I'll be totally good. And then you should say, would you like me to bring a dish that I can share? Yeah. Um, but so like I I guess I'm assuming that when Jay writes in polite company, uh, they mean that this is already like at the table. Okay. Um, 
And when you when you do something like this, you want to make sure that if you don't make it a big deal, it doesn't turn into a big deal for everybody else. So when you go, when you, you know, grimace and kind of like push the food around and people are like, oh, what's wrong? What's wrong? Then then it gets the, the situation escalates. Um, what you should do is take take a portion of foods that you believe will be safe and then um, if you suspect something you say to uh, the host or whoever could have um, power over your meal uh, you say I am gluten intolerant is there gluten in this great that's it they'll say yes they'll say no they say uh if they say, oh, yes, there is, you say, oh, do you have something else I could have? Um, and name that something. So if you're gluten intolerant, um, but you can eat, you know, vegetables, say, can I have double vegetables or, or something like that? So state what what you need and then ask for what you want. And, and don't I think I, to reiterate a point I think we've made before, don't confuse um, being polite for suffering silently. Right. Because at the end of the day, your host wants you to have a pleasant time, wants you to enjoy having been there. It's the whole reason you share time with people. And so the idea of like your host being happier that you didn't say anything and just ate something that, you know, made you feel feel ill that's not polite. Definitely not. Um, you can I, be I'm not pleasant. saying it's rude, but yeah. yeah. You can be pleasant and ask for what you need at the same time. Uh, this question is from Ryan. Ryan asks, I hate leaving notes for my roommates. It always feels passive aggressive. Is this really rude or am I overthinking it? I really think it depends on what kind of pattern you and your roommate have set up, Ryan. Um, if the notes are traditionally written in anger in a passive-aggressive way, then you're just perpetuating this cycle. Um, and I would suggest that you have a sit-down talk because there's really nothing better for um, communication than seeing the person you're talking to, having them hear your tone and look at your face. Um, but if the pattern of notes has not been passive-aggressive, um, I would see no reason why anyone would assume that if that's, you know, what you guys have established. I, I also think that it, it, it all comes down to context. Because, like, okay, so, for example, if you're leaving a note as a reminder, like, hey, reminder, the cable person's coming by at 3 o'clock. That's, no, that's not passive-aggressive. Or if you're leaving I notes. Like, hey, didn't have time to do the dishes. I will do them when I get back. And, like, your roommate's asleep or whatever. Totally fine. I think that if you're using notes to avoid having to talk to your roommate about right. an issue. Absolutely. That's when it becomes a problem. Um, because that's the thing. Notes should only be used of, like, oh, they're not here. And, like, uh, I, I don't know how to explain where this is via text or whatever. Um, but not as, like, a... Oh, I don't want to have to say something to him, so I'll just write it down. Yes. That is pretty much like de definition passive aggressive. <laughs> uh, but I don't think notes is a way of like communicating 
information is inherently passive aggressive. I agree. Because if you set up a tone and a, a conversation through notes that doesn't start that way, um, or you don't, you know, you don't write it in anger, in aggress- aggression, uh, then there's there's no reason to really think that. I often remind Travis of this when reading Twitter um, because it's really easy to get in a specific mindset and put your own tone on the written word. But if you'll take a breath and read it in a different tone, then the, the same words mean a totally different thing. Uh, this question is from Stephanie. Is there a nice way to ask my friends to stop arriving an hour early to a dinner party? It happens every time. Wow. You know, um, everybody, I think, has that friend. Everybody has that one who is, like, constantly just a little early. An hour. I don't know that. I have experience with that. I mean, I will say we have that friend. And we, I I actually absolutely love that they are early to everything because I personally am always the person who, if I say a party like starts at 7 and like no one has arrived by 701, I'm like, no one's coming. <laughs> Call it off. <laughs> but that friend, they'll be there. Yes. Um. So we we really try and and sing the praises of open and honest communication in, in, you know, a very cordial way. Mm-hmm. If you are going to say to your friend, I love having you at my home. When I give you a time to be there, that's the time I expect you to arrive. I'm not usually ready before that time. Yeah. So please join me at my home <laughs> at seven o'clock. I, I think that, yeah, there's a version of that, like, hey, listen, uh, and and not in front of everybody. Oh, yes. Don't make it like a jokey thing. Just say, Singularly. Hey, friends, I really appreciate you always coming by early to help, especially if they're coming by, like, do you need anything? Can I help you set up? I'll help you chop the vegetables or whatever. But say, like, but I'm, I'm, I'm just not ready early, and it makes me a little anxious, though I appreciate the thought. So I'll see you at seven or whatever. Um, but yeah, once both again, of these are good options. Just open and honest communication doesn't doesn't mean that it's rude. You, exactly. You can be very polite and still ask for what you want. What's I'm trying to think of a way to phrase it, like a, a shorthand of like, don't mistake obfuscation, circuitousness as politeness. Yeah, that's not <laughs> that's shortening, not, though. That's but, not shorter. But this idea of like. <laughs> I, I feel it because I do this too. And really, until we started doing this show, I wasn't aware that I did it. But this like, w- what kind of like tap dance around the subject uh, can I do to be polite? Right. As though lying to people or like hiding my true intention was somehow inherently more polite. As opposed to just saying like, hey, thanks so much, um, but I don't need that. You know, right. like as, as though that wasn't polite, but lying to them or hide. You know what I mean? So and I think that one of the things I've really come to realize from doing the show is open and honest communication so that it's only an issue that one time and then stops being an issue is one, far more effective. And two, in many cases, way more polite and, and respectful 
than like lying to the person to try to quote save their feelings. Right. Because I think trying to save one's feelings is also kind of the other side of that is avoiding confrontation or avoiding the issue, which is what I do. Um, <laughs> this question is from Angela and it's a little bit tougher now. All right. Angela asks, I'm ready. How do you politely cut toxic relationships out of your life? Well, Angela, here's the thing. Just like you would break up with a significant other, sometimes you have to break up with your friends. Sometimes you have to break up with your relatives. And that doesn't mean that they are you, that you uh that they're dead to you, right? But it does mean that you may not have have contact for a while. You might need that, and that's okay. So do it gently and use the I statements we're always talking about um, because it's harder it's harder to get mad at someone for asking what they need. It's easier to get mad at someone when you feel blamed, right? So if you would say to someone, I can't handle you right now. You've got all this stuff going on and blah, blah, blah. Like, that's that's not quite right. Not what I'm talking about. I'm saying you say things like, I have a lot of things going on in my life. I don't have t- the time and energy it takes to put into this relationship. I need a break. I will contact you when I feel like we can see each other again uh, especially if because once again there's that word how, uh, politely once again if this is toxic in the way of like not just mm, they're kind of a bad influence on me but actively in some way uh dangerous oh that's a dangerous. crime well yeah no, no, okay <laughs> i don't i don't necessarily mean physically but okay. i mean like you know what I it's the difference between like, listen, if I hang out with this person, I don't get any work done and I have to finish this thing versus like I am not my I am. I do not like the person I am when I am with them. You know okay. what I mean? That kind of thing. It is it is dangerous to you in a nonspecific way. Right. Got it. Once again, my point here being what I was trying to get to is. If they don't seem to care about your well-being or your enjoyment of the friendship or relationship and you're worried about politely ending it or sparing their feelings, I think that you are, in in that case, investing more than they are and, and you don't need to be so worried about being polite. Stop being polite and start getting real, you know? <laughs> Put it on a t-shirt. Put it on a t-shirt. Um, but yeah, I, I think that be honest with what you need um, and don't ghost. Don't ghost. Be, and it seems for for those old folks listening, me and the young kids. Um, so ghosting is like, you know, you just stop responding to phone calls and text messages and stop responding and kind of ghost on them like you've disappeared. But the problem with that is, one, that's definitely not polite. But two, it doesn't. It doesn't uh, free you from any of the, the the weight of the thing you're trying to get out from under. Again, this is assuming that your life is not in danger. Absolutely. If your life is in danger, get out of there. Don't worry about any. Get somewhere safe and talk to somebody and, you know, 
talk to the police, talk to somebody. But if, if it's just like, oh, this friend, I don't like being around them anymore and they're so negative and they really bum me out, then like just ghosting on them, one, leaves so much kind of like ambiguity in the air that it's probably just going to end up being worse. But also it does not provide this friend the opportunity to learn from this experience and realize that there's something about themselves they need to change not, not that that's your responsibility right, not that you owe that to them no you don't this is not like time for intervention but, but it probably will make you feel better to have it out in the open anyway um and to have someone almost even even if they like just ask you days afterwards what did i do what did i do i mean it'll just be over with i mean it's the difference it's ripping the band-aid off versus you know slowly peeling it off you know what i mean yeah. like it's always better to get it done that's the thing it's like I, I i always have this anxiety about like oh i don't want to make that call i don't want to talk to this person i don't want to deal with this thing and so instead of like having this momentary confrontation and then it's done I instead like sweat over it and worry myself over it for days and days and days and weeks and weeks and weeks because I don't want to have a single moment of unpleasantness right. so instead it becomes a six month period of unpleasantness <laughs> it's not better trust me from experience um, let's see this uh, oh this one's from Charlotte is there a polite way to tell people that you're done socializing for the day I have very social friends family and often hit my limit well before they do I like being with them but I do need to recharge and feel weird doing that if I'm hosting or obviously still awake this reminds me of a time I moved into an apartment in Huntington and I threw like a kind of housewarming cocktail party at my house but I had to work the next day at like 5 o'clock in the morning and so like at, at about 10 o'clock, I just went in my room and changed into my pajamas and came back out and was like, all right, everybody, you got to leave. <laughs> and everybody was like, what? I was like, yeah, I need to go to bed now. And they were like, uh, okay. And everybody left and went to bed. And now in retrospect, <laughs> that probably was not the way to do it. Well, you weren't sending any mixed signals. No, and I didn't like say like it's. I just kind of like dipped into my room, came back in pajamas. Get out! <laughs> it was not. It's probably looking back, not the way to handle that moment. Because what one of my friends said, which was absolutely correct, was like, "Well, if you knew you had to go to bed, why did you invite people over?" <laughs> I don't know. I do not know. Okay. Well, um, I have had similar experiences. Not. I mean, I have. A, I did throw people out one point, one time, but I was sick. So um, I've had similar experiences, especially during the holidays when you gather with family. Uh, sometimes you need to take a break. And I think that one of the best ways to do that um, is to explain in the way of, I'm feeling a little tired. I'd like to just go read a book or like... Uh, it's easier if you give something that you are going to do instead of telling people not to be with you, right? Mm. So go and do some kind of solitary activity, listen to music on your headphones, things like that where um, you are not, where you're not telling people in the way of like, you exhaust me. Yeah. <laughs> that... That's a really hard thing to say to your family. Y'all too way. much. Y'all too much. So um, the kind of like edging around it way would to go and be, do a solitary activity. Yeah. Now, 
I know that we just got done talking about asking for what you want. If you are able to explain to the people in your life that this is a personality trait, go for it. Please do that. Um, I have I have a friend who I know I can always text and if they are available, they will answer. If they're not available, I have to wait. And there's no like, there's no animosity there. There's no like, oh, did, did they see it? Any of that stuff. We have this relationship. I know this is what it's like. So obviously the best answer is to explain in a similar fashion that you did to us, you know? Yeah, like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm feeling a little run down right now. Once again, I statements rather than you all are exhausting. So right. like, I'm feeling a little exhausted right now. I'm going to go, like, lay down for a second. I will be back. Because also, we are all of us, at least, I don't know, maybe there's some pets listening, but we are most of us human beings. <laughs> And, like, we get tired. And, you know, especially... And not just physically tired. Yeah. There's there's mental fatigue as well. Right. And uh, one of the things I've experienced in my lifetime is if you had asked me, you know, 10 years ago, I would have said, like, yeah, I'm super extroverted. And now, as I get older, that is becoming less and less true. I love being around people, but then there hits a certain time where it's like, cool, I'm, I'm going to go be in another room for a minute and just kind of breathe. And, you know, I think that, one, know that about yourself and kind of, like, get there before it becomes overwhelming. Mm. So, like, if you feel yourself starting to get, like, overwhelmed, rather than push it, like, excuse yourself in that moment. But also just, you know, go do it if you need to and, and say, like, I'm feeling a little tired. I'm feeling a little run down. Have an exit strategy planned. I do that. Okay, but... Here's my advice. Okay. I I have found that in social gatherings, there is a natural ebb and flow, right? So, for example, a good time to do this, a big conversation about a thing has just completed and, you know, somebody, a couple people got up to get some more food from the kitchen or to refill a drink. And there's been kind of this natural dispersal of people. Mm -hmm. Cool. That's a good time to take a break. When someone's right in the middle of telling a story about this cool thing they did during summer vacation, to excuse yourself right in the middle of that is is a problem. Right. You know what I mean? So it's, it's all about finding the natural kind of ebb and flow of like, this is a natural time that if I get up and excuse myself, no one's going to second guess it. Whereas if I jump up in the middle of us all playing a game, then it's going to seem like I'm, you know, I just hate them all of a sudden. Right. So it's it, I think or they're it, going to expect your eminent return. Yes, exactly. And so that, I, I think that that helps just like, OK, cool. This was a natural dispersal time. I think a lot about social situations is like. If I'm planning a coup, I don't know what's going on, but I'm I'm always feeling out the room. It's it's a macro trait. Reading the room is just a thing that's so ingrained in me now that I have such a hard time not doing it. Um, hey, do you want to take a quick break and say some thank you notes to some sponsors? Let's do it. This week we are sponsored by Sunbasket. Sunbasket. Hello, health seekers. It says. I like, okay, I like that term health seekers because it sounds so 
dramatic and yet simultaneously fanciful as like maybe some some sort of mythical creature might greet you at the opening of like a house made all out of vegetables. It's like, oh, hello, health seekers. Um, if you're trying to eat clean this year, eat clean the sun basket way. So we've talked before about meal subscription boxes um, and sun basket's really cool because the way it works is everything comes in a box and in that box, the ingredients for each individual meal not counting like meat or stuff that needs to stay like frozen cold, but like the vegetables, the seasonings, all that comes in its own individual bag. So all you have to do is tear open the bag and all the ingredients are right there. It's easy, it's delicious, and it'll be ready in about 30 minutes. So it's it's the best way to kind of learn how to cook and cook for yourself and eat healthier. Um, Speaking of healthy, there's a lot of a lot of choices. Uh, Sunbasket has 18 recipes to choose from each week, uh, including recipes that are paleo, gluten free, vegan, lots of options. It's a really cool kind of meal subscription box option, and it comes right to your door. You don't have to go to the supermarket and buy anything. It's right there for you. So right now, go to sunbasket.com slash schmanners. That's S-H-M-A-N-N-E-R-S today. Learn more and get $35 off your first order. That's sunbasket.com slash schmanners for $35 off. Sunbasket.com slash schmanners. Act now while supplies last. (laughs) It doesn't say that, but I wanted to say it, so I did. Our next sponsor is Rent the Runway. Um, and I think that it's, it's always a great feeling to go through your closet and get rid of the stuff that you don't, you don't wear anymore. Um, donate those clothes. Uh, also there are lots of places that, that take textiles back. Um, and with Rent the Runway's unlimited membership, you can replace your old stuff with a really great rotating closet for one flat monthly price. Um, I was given the opportunity to rent several things, and I really enjoyed it. Um, Can we also talk about how rotating closet reminds me of the closet from <laughs> Clueless? Clueless? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Just as long as we're all there, that's fine. Go on. Uh, I think that if you've seen pictures of me, you know that I have a very specific style, and even I was able to find some pieces that I really enjoyed. Um, I wore one of the skirts that I rented to Candle Nights. It was very nice. It had pockets. <gasps> it was really great. Um, so here's how it works. You rent four pieces from over like, I think, 450 designers. That's amazing. Um, and you can keep them as long as you want and you can swap any time. Right now, Rent the Runway will even throw in a closet cleanse kit with a donation bag and a prepaid shipping label. I so don't you love can these get... pants. Get rid of these pants. <laughs> I hate these pants. You can make room in your closet for new lovely things and all of these pieces uh come with free shipping dry cleaning and insurance so if you would like to try this month only our listeners can get 30 percent off their first month with the code schmanners so visit renttherunway.com slash unlimited or they have a very easy to use iphone app and you enter code SCHMANNERS, S-H-M-A-N-N-E-R-S, at your checkout to unlock the 30% discount. Once again, code SCHMANNERS, S-H-M-A-N-N-E-R-S, at checkout. 
so you can sign up today and get dressed better in 2018. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. And together, we host a podcast called Still Buffering, where we answer questions like, Why should I not fall asleep first at a slumber party? How do I be fleet? Is it okay to break up with someone using emojis? And sometimes we talk about bugs. No, we don't. Nope. <laughs> Find out the answers to these important questions and many more on Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am a teenager. And... I was two butts, 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 butts. Yeah, Mark. Hey, buddy. Oh, hey, what's up, ma'am? Um, so I'm at this mafia restaurant. What? I'm going to go in and ask these guys what they think the best pasta shape is. Mark, they're probably eating it. I have a hunch that it's probably ravioli, but, I mean, you know what? That's a good idea. Whatever they're eating, I'll just take a look in their bowls Why don't and you see what they have. Maybe There's supposed to be a big meeting there today. Can you see it from the street? That sounds really dangerous. So I'm just going to go inside and ask. Don't, don't bother them. They're probably eating, you know. Well, look, I'm not threatened by them. How about we tell them what the best pasta is on our podcast? We got this with Mark and Hal. Oh, that's a great idea. Thank God. Tuesdays at 9? On MaximumFun.org. Okay, so we have a lot more questions. We're going to try to move through a little bit quicker because I want to try to get to as many as we can. Okay. This question is from Caroline. How under the weather do I need to be to cancel plans or stay home for work? I don't want to flake on people or responsibilities, but I also don't want to make things worth, worse by toughing it out. Um, as far as work goes, you need to check with your handbook because HR will have de- detailed what it is that you need to do. Uh, what you need to have provide should you call in sick. I mean, that's assuming um, there is HR in your company. I mean, well, I mean, yeah. yeah, but it should be addressed when you um, when you discuss these things at your hiring. Um, things like if you'll need a doctor's note, mm-hmm. uh, if you are running a fever to stay home, um, things like that. So, so check your check with your workplace on that. I um, do agree with the impulse, by the way, Caroline, this idea of do I tough it out and make things right. worse? Like one day of rest to avoid like two weeks of feeling bad is, I think, a good impulse. So I think that that is if if that is your inclination, it's not just like, oh, cool, I get to skip out on work. <laughs> but rather like if I go into work today, I'm not going to be able to get any work done today and then I will feel bad for the next week. Right. I think that that is perfectly justifiable. And there's a lot of compromise that can be made in this where you can contact your employer and see if any of your duties can be done from home. Mm -hmm. As far as social plans go. Right. Um, If there is any kind of physical element to the social plans, if you are not feeling up to it, you should cancel. Um, Because... It's just going to make you miserable. It's going to make your friends miserable. It's good. like if you are supposed to help someone move yes. and you are ill, you are not going to be any use to them. <laughs> so you should cancel. And this is a really important, important lesson that uh, it took me many years to learn. At your first impulse of 
I don't know if I will be able to follow through with those plans. You need to let them know. Right. Because too don't often, wait. no, too often you think like, well, maybe later I'll feel up to it. But that's when it starts to feel like flaking because rather than let them know like four hours beforehand, they're already like halfway to the movie theater and you're calling them like, yeah, I'm not going to be able to make it. Right. And then it's really short notice. So I think, I think that, hey, I'm sick. I, I won't be able to go to the movie tonight is not flaking that is how life goes sometimes yep but like i know you're already at the theater and have bought tickets but and i was fighting this thing off all day that's too short notice i mean if you have to you have to i'm not saying but there is some sicknesses are are quick onset yeah things like uh food poisoning there's a certain window of time though of like now it becomes like if, if you can go, you should, rather than just like, nah, I don't really feel up to it. You know what I mean? Yes. Anyways, uh, let's see. This question comes from Willow. Question, should I give a tour of my apartment when my relatives come to stay? When people come to my home, should I give a grand tour? I fear that it may seem rude not to do so, but by giving a tour, I don't want to look as if I'm showing off. Um, I think that if it is a new home to you and and the people that who are who are coming over have not seen it it's all right to offer a tour especially to point out things like where the restroom is located um not a problem um i think that what happens is if you are leaving other hosting duties to conduct these tours that's when it starts to be like the whole party is about this house tour. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh, wait, if it's a housewarming party, then that's, that's what it's fine. about. <laughs> totally fine. Um, so if you would like to offer maybe one tour at the beginning, pointing out things that people will need, like I said, the restroom. Well, especially if they're coming to stay with you for like the weekend or an extended mm-hmm. period of time. It's not just a party. If it's like, okay, cool. My aunt's going to be staying with me this week. Here's the linen closet. Here is the bathroom. This is where this is and this is and this is, right? That's just, that's good schmanners right there. Of like, this is where the glasses are. So if in the middle of the night you want to grab a glass of water, you don't have to like go searching through the kitchen in the dark. Good. This is a good thing to do. I am nodding along in agreement. Very nice. Um, But... I would limit it to one tour per party. Um, And if you find that people are asking for it, maybe someone came in a little late and they see you at the end of said tour. Sure. Sure. That's something that they want. If they want to do it, then then take them on a a quick little abbreviated tour there. Um, But like, don't make the whole thing about it. I, I would also say, because I know that this is a bad habit I have, don't get too granular in your tour. Like, and this is the inside of the closet. Like, it's it's okay to just, like, poke your head in rooms. You know? <laughs> I do. I have a really bad habit of, like, now step in here. It's like, okay, try, they don't want to go in the walk-in closet. It's fine. But like, no, but this is a whole other little room. It's fine. Don't. Okay. Um, Let's see. Oh, this is a tough one. Oh, boy. R- Riley. Well, it's not really tough. Riley asks. It's tough for me. <laughs> what is the best practice for seeing a stranger's problem and having the solution, such as folks with issues like where is the bus or I need a Band-Aid when I can be helpful and I want to be, 
but sometimes people react poorly to me offering my assistance. I think that their poor reaction is probably just embarrassment for having not being, uh, not knowing what it is they think they should know. Um, so try not to take that personally. Uh, I think also to that point, I think there's a certain amount of like if you approach it with trepidation and you come into it weird then they are going to react weird because the energy or if you just step up and say like excuse me i couldn't help but overhearing uh, i think the bus you're looking for is over there right versus like the bu- the bus what you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. Th- th- i think that approach if, with confidence you're helping them out if you're gonna help you should do it and help not be ashamed about it um not be embarrassed if you know the answer but um Obviously, if someone asks for your help, please do offer it. Um, If someone seems in distress, they're probably more likely to accept your help. Um, But if someone is upset in the way of, like, angry, uh, you know, sometimes those people don't really want help. (laughs) Well, and also along those lines, another kind of caveat is I think there's a big difference between seeing like a pair of people talking and they can't figure out which subway to get on right and you can help that versus like two people having a conversation about who was that guy in that tv show and you lean in and you're like that was whatever and it's like cool now you're just eavesdropping and butting <laughs> into a conversation this is yeah don't do that once again this is a lot of like uh do as I say, not as I do. I don't do this, but I have that impulse when I hear people talking in a restaurant where I want to turn around and be like, Meryl Streep. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's weird. That is a weird thing to do. Um, they, their lives will continue on fine not knowing it was Meryl Streep versus like if somebody, you know, needs a Band-Aid or is lost in a big city, that's a good time to help out. I agree. Um, let's see. I think. Last one? Or we got, did we get all through? Um, no, we had like two pages. We might oh, have wow. to do like, we'll save some for another one. Um, let's see. I will do one last one. This is from Mikey. How to correct someone who misgendered you. I always either sound rude or like it's a joke. I don't know how to politely yet firmly say, yo, I'm a dude. Um, and, and while we have not experienced this, um, we have on a much smaller degree with BB. Um, That's true. Because they're like, there's a certain point in which all babies are just like, baby. Yeah. And there is this like, it's a weird sensitivity, right? Where somebody says, at least for us, in my experience, and I can only speak to it from our experience, where someone says like, oh, what's his name? Or he's so cute. Where we have this moment of like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to correct them because it feels rude to correct them, but they are wrong. In a fundamental point. Uh, and you know, here's the thing. I think most of the time, if you just say like, oh, actually, I'm a guy. Or like, it's he, actually. Like, the way, I think, once again, the energy you bring to it, mm-hmm. the way that you react to it informs them how to react to you. Does that make I sense? I definitely agree. It it always seemed to work out better when if someone asked about BB and said, oh, what's his name? And we just said, her name is BB. Yeah. Just like that. Instead of the, oh, well, uh, 
it's a girl, so uh, her name is Bibi. You know, that sort of thing makes them feel embarrassed and makes people kind of, um, they, they, they almost regret talking to you, which you never want someone to feel. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is the impulse here, I think, is really tough to fight because this is so important. You know what I mean? This Your identity is very important. And I think it's totally okay to be upset and feel upset when you are misgendered. So feel free to react to that however you want. But if you're trying to find a way of, like, how do you politely yet firmly say, I think you just say it. You say, like, oh, it's he, actually. Or, like, you know what I mean? Because then you're saying to them, like, and you don't have to say this, but you're saying in your tone, I am not upset. You should not feel bad. But I am correcting you. But this is important. I do want you to get this right. Um, and, and so I think just say it. And and don't try to, you know, hedge your bets. And don't try to skirt the issue. Just say it. And, and I think you are more than entitled to do so. Uh, so that's going to do it for us. Let's see. Oh, okay. This is super important because there's only a couple days left. This Sunday, Sunday the 14th, 1 p.m. Pacific time. We are going to be performing Schmanners at Sketchfest um, in San Francisco. Um, you can find out all about it at sfsketchfest.com, including getting tickets there. We really want you to come to the see the show for a couple reasons. One, it's going to be fun. We're, we're looking forward <laughs> to doing it. Two, we want to see you there. Three, we want them to bring us back year after year after year. So <laughs> go buy tickets. Um, get those tickets. And we're going to be talking about tourism. Yes. So if you have questions... Send in those questions now. I'll put up a tweet for it and everything. You can respond to that. But, you know, how to be a polite and good tourist. Um, we thought since we were visiting San Francisco, we would talk about tourism. Do you get it? <laughs> you get the connection. Okay. Also, we are going to be uh, on the Joko Cruise coming up um, about mid-February, February 18th through the 25th. Um, and, and there are still, I think, some rooms available for that. You can find those at jococruise.com, J-O-C-O-Cruise.com. We also want to say thank you to MaximumFun.org for hosting the show. Go check out all the other amazing shows on MaximumFun.org. You can tweet at us at SchmannersCast and email us, SchmannersCast at gmail.com. What else, Teresa? Thank you to Brent, Brentle Floss Black, for our lovely theme music. That is available as a ringtone where those are sold. Thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter art. Um, check out her portfolio. And thank you to Keely Weiss Photography for the cover banner of our, is that what it's called, cover? I don't know. Cover don't art, know. banner art? Cover, whatever. Sure. Uh, for the really great picture she took of us. Um, and that is on our fan Facebook group called Schmanners Fanners. Uh, and I think that's going to do it for us. Join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Manners. Get it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.